The Knockin' Doors Down book shares all the history and inspiration behind the Carlos Vieira Foundation and how it all started. All proceeds from the book benefit the Carlos Vieira Foundation's Race to Be Drug-Free campaign. So what's that all about? Through the Race to Be Drug-Free campaign, Carlos Vieira Foundation raises awareness about drug abuse, donates to drug-free programs, and brings drug-free speakers into schools to educate youth. The Race to Be Drug-Free campaign's main program is the Gloves Not Drugs boxing program. This program is completely free for kids between the ages of 8 and 17 to learn discipline, strength, respect, camaraderie, and the art of boxing. The program was created to keep kids off the streets, out of gangs, and away from drugs. For more info and to get involved, check out carlosvierafoundation.org. So if you set a goal, make sure the intention is positive. Because if it's a shitty intention, comically, it'll bite you in the ass. This is the Knockin' Doors Down podcast, featuring celebrities, experts, and everyday people who have overcome adversities, including addiction, mental health, and trauma, to live purposeful lives. And that's what Knockin' Doors Down is all about. Because he needs his own theme song, like in the style of Kiss, it should be Mike Diamond. What's going on, brother? Hey, that was really good. I like that. My diamond in that high pitch voice. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Well, that song's huge in Australia. All right. Dude. Mike, dude, let me tell you something. In LA, I battled with two things. I battled with a plumber called Mike Diamond, <laughs> and, I, and I battled with the Beastie Boys. I was going to say, <laughs> the Beastie Boys. Uh, well, thanks for joining me. Uh, of course, uh, Mike, the author of uh, Seven Steps to Unbre- an Unbreakable Habit. We're going to get into that, man. I mean, you've done so much TV, producing stuff, uh, interventionist, which uh, that's really fascinating to me because um, I've started working with a, a nonprofit uh, in our area and our focus is really on fentanyl and we're seeing this shit like crazy. Um, and I know as a fellow dad, it's like, it's frightening, especially when we have that lineage of addiction. Yeah, the scary thing about fentanyl is, is when I was doing coke, you got coke. Right. You didn't get like Coke laced with fentanyl. Now you get a fake Xanax with fentanyl in it. People are overdosing. It, yeah. It's just a scary world right now. Like it's not, we live in a, we live in a crazy time. I mean, when I was, I stopped using in 2006, you know, it, it just was different. You didn't have the internet. You didn't have the dark web. You had the internet. I mean, you didn't have social media, you didn't have the dark web. You didn't have like the access you do now go online and have like fentanyl delivered to your house yeah. through Silk Road or something, some crazy website. It's like. Yeah. It, kid, it, kids are using Snapchat. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a, it's a really interesting time. It's not, and I'm not against social media. Like I said to someone the other day, it's like there was someone that was arguing with uh, someone about um, like, I'm not against guns. I'm not against anything. Right. It, it's not the gun. It's not social media. It's the person driving it. Yeah. It's like cars are fucking dangerous, <laughs> but, you know, it, but if it's parked in my, in my house, it's not dangerous. It's, it's the person behind it. And that's what we don't focus on. We don't focus on what's going on with people's minds and motivation and mental health. And, you know, the other day I said to someone, there's, you know, 2,650, I think, billionaires in the world. And together they have a net worth of, I think it's $12.7 trillion, right? So if you look at all that money that these people have accumulated and just say, you grab me, I I do well, i got money. And we're like lined up in front of our grave, you know, meeting our creator and we have all our wealth stacked behind us and we negotiate with our higher power source, whatever, infinite intelligence, whatever you want to call it, and say, could I take my underwear and a fucking spoon with me? Guess what? None of it comes with us, <laughs> right? Not so one you, right? Not one fucking bit. So I don't care what you accumulate. You can build a castle. But if you're not bringing value to other people and you're not trying to improve people's quality of life, you're just a fucking hamster on a wheel. You're just feeding the beast. You know what I mean? They say fight, flight, freeze, and feed. And if you're in your sympathetic nervous system and you're not in your parasympathetic nervous system and you're not being of service and being kind and you don't have real purpose, you're just feeding the beast. And it doesn't end. Yeah. Fucking cycle. 
And I think that's interesting. You bring that up. I got into a discussion about that, um, you know, with stuff with, with social media and we had a little, little talk here before, but you know, it's the way that people are feeding stuff. It's almost like a social gaslighting, you know, the I'm on a yacht, I'm on this, I'm on, I'm on that. And, and so many people I think are, it is activating that negative. I'm not good enough that, that shit that we've already probably, especially for us addicts that uh, we continue to tell ourselves in our head and we're seeing it. And so it's just like an excuse not to do, which is why I'm looking forward to digging in the book. Cause I know it's the antithesis of that. Well, yeah, and it's like I tell people, here's the one thing that people fuck up with, right? And, and there was one thing when I moved to America with nothing. I, I knew one thing, right? I could. I, Maslow talks about the hierarchy of needs mm. to self-actualize, right? You get your lower needs met. We're about to go into a deep recession, um, like a winter, right? Everyone wants the fucking the, the, the bull market, but no one wants to know what winter is, the bear market. There's always going to be seasons. There's going to be ups and downs, right? There's no shortcuts. There is no shortcuts in life. You can't bullshit your way to six and, 16 and a half years of sobriety, okay? Mm-hmm. I had to get it. No one can give it to me. I have to earn it by one day at a time, one moment at a time, shutting up, listening, going to meetings. And what people don't understand is this. If you want to be self-confident and self-esteem, you don't, say, you don't say, I am this, I am that. You can say affirmations all day. It doesn't work. You have to work on your skills. And to mm-hmm. acquire skills in anything you do takes time. And the problem is right now, we live in the microwave generation where people get famous on Instagram, on the internet for doing nothing and they have zero skills. Yeah. And I'll tell you this, right? If you get famous for doing nothing and you may have a billion followers, deep down when you look at yourself in the mirror because you can't lie to the man in the mirror, guess what? You're fucking hollow, mm. right? Because mm-hmm. what builds character, integrity, and authenticity is being honest with yourself and working hard, right? You don't get it from shortcuts. You don't get it from magic pills. And that's why when people talk shit, like, I have nothing negative to say about anyone. You know why? Because I feel good inside. We only spew out negative if we're feeling shitty, right? Yeah. And if I don't feel good, I don't open my mouth. <laughs> I just shut up if I'm not if I'm having a, if I'm having a rough day as an addict or with my colitis. I just shut up. I don't spill out negativity on people. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And it's like when you see these platforms, it's like you see people spitting out. I'm like, people people can throw hate at me all day. I'm like, you're just having a rough day. Yeah. You need some compassion and love. And I just like, because I just work on me. Yeah. I, all I do is worry about me. I worry about my mind, the choices I make, what I'm putting out in the world, my purpose, the skills I need to acquire to be great. And that's it. I don't care. Yeah. Why. I don't worry about competition. Because if you work on yourself and you're disciplined, right, and you know the levels to be successful, you either level up or you don't. Yeah. And if you don't, work harder. Well, I think it's great that you bring up about, um, you know, when it comes to compassion with others, because like we are in a vengeful time almost, it seems. And it, it really is uh, along the lines, exactly what you're saying is, is people looking for relevance uh, and it's a false self-esteem by putting others down. And uh, it's it's like, yeah, how about a little more fucking compassion like what happened to common sense common courtesy and treating others the way we want to be treated you know what i do every day and i never post it i've never posted it once ever in my life i buy every day either someone's groceries or a meal for someone and i do it randomly and i pick someone that i look at i'm like that person's having a rough day and all i said to them is like i come up to them they could be in the grocery store behind me or they could be in a food line behind me. And I go, when was the last time someone did something nice for you? And they'll look at me and go, I don't remember. I'm like, let me buy you lunch today. I'm like what? Or let me get you groceries today. And the look on that person's face, it's just a small fucking thing and I can afford it. It's nothing. 20 bucks here, 20 bucks there. I went into McDonald's the other day. My son wanted a, 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 some fries and there was a lady that came in with three kids. I turned around to her and I said, come here. I said, how many kids do you have? She said, three. I said, what do you need? She goes, I want to get three Happy Meals. And I'm like, all right, well, they're not going to be happy because it'll make 20 bucks, right? And she's like, yeah. 
And I said, I'll buy them for you. She said, are you serious? I said, when was the last time somebody did? She goes, no one's done anything nice to me for 10 years. And she mm-hmm. went outside, right, with her fucking kids with a smile on her face, right? And I watched her. And then I went back out and saw her and gave her 20 bucks. I said, next week, come, come back with this money, save it, and get Happy Meals again. She goes, why? And I said, just showing you someone cares. There's people that care still in the world. I don't have to do that. But guess what? I do that because my life is good. You know why? Because I do so much nice shit to people. I never have to worry. I get a lot of work. I get paid really good. I do pro bono work. And then I get a massive job. I got a book deal with a great publisher. Why? Because I do the right thing. And what people don't understand is if you give it back in the universe and it's abundant universe, not a scarcity mentality, the universe pays you a hundred fucking times more than you think in your scarce mind that you need to collect all this shit. It's bullshit. It's a lie. You don't have to screw people over to be successful. You don't have to screw people. You can be a good person and win. You know what I'm saying? People I think do. it's kill or be killed. It's that is such a crock of shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just I like do. I see it. people it's, spitting venom and crap all day. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? It's a waste of life. It's, it's a, a waste, waste of life. Short little life. Yeah. And like, it could be are, gone like that. How many, exactly. you know, how many of us that we probably ran with in our using days that were at their core, really good people, and it's like, you know, where's, you know, George or whatever. Oh, man, you didn't hear George. George OD. George got in a car accident. George killed yeah. someone locked up for 40 years. You know what I always do? I, my vision board is really simple. I have the people, photos of the people that are no longer with me that meant something to me. Right. I actually yeah. look at that every day. I then have the things that I've achieved. Like, for example, my book deal contract, I'll put that on there to prove I can get a book deal. TV shows, I got greenlit when everyone said they wouldn't get the greenlit. I, I see the greenlit. I, I, I have the form that says your show is greenlit, right? Series, whatever it is. Yeah. And then th- that shows me what's, what, what I can do, right? So I know that life is precious. At any moment, people can die. I also see, right, what I can achieve. And then I have all the things I want to achieve. Because that keeps me forward motivation, right? But I'm very aware of what can happen and where I've come from. I'm very aware of what I've achieved. And then I'm very aware of where I'm going. And then I just do the work no matter how I feel every day. And if I look at that every morning and as soon as I place my feet on the ground, I'm fucking grateful, right? Always grateful that I'm alive. I don't give a shit what comes my way, right? I'll give you a I, I got a publishing deal. It took me 15 rejections and a year to sell my second book, A Dose of Positivity. I got the deal. Yeah. Great. Got the publisher I wanted. It's going through Random House. I'm stoked. I get a stomach infection. I have colitis. Yeah. I take my neighbor's kids out. My neighbor has kidney disease. I take the kids out for something to eat, trying to do a good thing. They want a Korean barbecue. I've never eaten Korean barbecue. <laughs> it destroys me. Oh, I bet I was going to say. I, on top of that, right? I'll see if I can find the picture. On top of that, I start, I'm, I've got to hand in a 70,000 word edit to my publisher in four weeks. I'd written the second draft. They go, we need you to finish the rest of the book. No problem. I wake up one day and I say to my wife, I don't feel right. Can you see that picture? Holy shit, Mike. Right. For, the, for I go those to that my are wife, uh, listening, I'll, uh, I'll make sure to post that. Go to my wife. Babe, I think I was bitten by a spider. Shit. She's like, oh, no, you definitely were. Look at that. Look at my oh, leg. Shit, Mike. Right? Dude, I, mean, I think I've been bitten by a spider. For three days, I think I've got a spider bite. Not, not to mention, I'm crapping my brains out. I literally tell my publisher, because my stomach's exploding with my colitis, right? My wife comes in one time and I'm on the toilet typing while we're going back and forth with notes because I work with an editor that works with the publisher. And she goes, what are you doing? I was like, what do you want? She's like, you're on the toilet talking. I'm like, I'm editing. She's like, you're on the toilet. I said, let me work. And I told him, I said, some days I've got to get this done. You dream, right? You dream of getting the publishing deal, right? You're an addict. You do everything to get it. You get it. You call a book a dose of positivity. 
and now you're going through hell and trying to be positive, right? <laughs> yeah. While you're dying. So guess what? I find out. I got shingles. Oh, fuck. Right. Check this out. Got COVID twice. I get shingles and a stomach infection. <laughs> but you didn't quit. No. Got the book done. In, it was supposed to be done in four weeks. Got it done in two weeks. They approved the edit within two days, right? And then I got COVID again. So I had COVID three times. Okay. All good. Never once did I fall off track, got up every day, went through it, went through the thing. And what I try to explain to people is this. See, this is where people fail. I have a goal. I have mm -hmm. a, desired, a desire to achieve something, right? Mm -hmm. And then you don't know what it's going to take to close the gap from where you are to where you want to be. And what most people fail is this, is it's called destination disease, right? You think when you arrive at the destination, it's going to be different or the journey is going to be different, right? Because in your mind, you plan these things, but it's impossible for it to go as planned because there's too many moving factors in the universe. I still struggle with this. So I'm right. I'm here. You, you see what I'm saying? So yeah. I wake up in the morning, right? And here's the thing. This is what people, I drum home to people all day. Motivation is a lie. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> if you and I right now, this is what separates the ordinary from the extraordinary, the good from the great. And if anyone listening to this can latch onto this, they will be successful. Please. Successful people can do the work no matter how they feel. Unsuccessful only work when they feel good and feel right. So here it is. We're both sitting here. I could say to you, what would you do for a million dollars? You're like anything. I said, perfect. I'll give you a million dollars cash. You're like, great. Right now you're motivated for the million. You've got forward motivation. Every human being would say that. Sure. Now I go to you. You have to get up at three o'clock every morning, right? And you can never hit the snooze button. You're going to say, I'll do it. Sure. Right. We, we leave. Tomorrow morning, this is what's going to happen. And this is what people don't understand about motivation. This is why it's 1% inspiration, 99% perspiration. It's an idea. It's how you work it, right? As soon as the alarm goes off, there is two things going through everyone's mind. I want to avoid pain and gain pleasure. Sure. You're not unmotivated. The bed is so fucking comfortable. Why should I move? <laughs> yeah. So what do 99% of people do? They forget the million dollars. They hit fucking snooze. Yeah. That's their goals. They don't associate massive regret and loss for not following through. So what do I do? I don't, I get up no matter how I feel. Cause I know I'm supposed to feel pleasure of the bed pain getting up. So I just delay that gratification, push through that initial pain. Right. Cause yeah. I know at four, five, six, seven, eight in the morning, I have already won because 99% of people have hit snooze thinking the next day, I'll feel better tomorrow. I'll feel better tomorrow. Like I'll, I'll stop drinking tomorrow. I'll stop doing Coke tomorrow. Bullshit. Yeah. I'll save money tomorrow. Bullshit. Right. <laughs> I'll be a good person tomorrow. Bullshit. It's fucking now. Yeah. It's like when people tell me I want to lose weight, like do it now. Yeah. Well, no. Cut out the food right now. Yeah, but you've already lost. Yeah. Once you throw that butt, you're fucked. It's done. There's no yeah. excuses. That's why, like, people said to me, how did you shoot TV shows? How did you leave Australia with nothing? How do you keep doing all these things? I said, because all I do is act. I just act. I figure it out in the moment. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because... I want a better gut health, more energy, and to optimize my immune system. If you're like me, you hate popping pills, taking vitamins, well I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great, and I wanted to see what the hype was all about. So what is this stuff? Well with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to help you start your day right. No matter what your lifestyle is, keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, AG1 can work for you. Plus, it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, while still tasting good. 
AG1 costs less than $3 a day. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com emerging. Again, that's athleticgreens.com emerging to take ownership of your health and pick the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I got offered the other day, someone called me up, and I never say no in the sense of, I was in the restaurant business for the years, the club business for years. Right. They said, hey, um, we've got an opportunity. I said, what's the opportunity? They said, there's these, a friend of mine, sober 31 years. He's got some food halls and they're looking for a concept. I said, I got the concept. They said, what is it? I said, it's called the Healthy Dose Grill. I've already written up the, the mission statement. It's basically flame broiler, wobba grill, better calories, lower, smaller portions, you get three vegan options. You get real uh, organic meat, real organic chicken. You get real organic salmon, but small bowls. None of these 700-calorie bowls. Right. It's all bullshit. So it's basically clean, organic, fast food to go and not expensive, right? I sent it off to them. They're like, let's do it. Now, we're negotiating. Already got a space in Atlanta. We're going to do Detroit, and we're going to do about nine spaces. That was off a mission statement and an idea, and we're going to print them out. And someone said to me, so now you're going to open them up? I said, yeah, because a dose of positivity, now it's the healthy dose food. And right. it, we've already come, we've got a great chef doing the menus, a celebrity chef. And they're like, how did you come up with that? I said, because it aligns with my purpose. Inspire, right. educate, motivate, right? right? Teach people to love themselves because they matter. So if I do healthy food, I'm in really great shape. I have colitis. I've got to be able to eat it. Like with my products that I put out. And they're like, but it's restaurants. I'm like, yeah, and it fits my brand. It fits what I do to help people. Yeah. Right. And, and, but, and will I get it done? Yeah. We'll open up probably nine in the next four years. And why deviate from who and what you are with your purpose just for what? Money? Because we, as you just illustrated, and it's true, people will do more to not lose $5 than earn $5. And, and I as was, long as I'm bringing value to you, and it's really aligned to my purpose. I'm not being toxic and I'm not trying to hurt you or harm you. Right. And if yeah. I have to do food and do it right, I'll do it. Yeah. There's no, there's no rules. Yeah. Do well, and I saying? think, I think we get, and, and I, it's something, and this is one of the reasons I really want to talk with you, Mike, because I still, I still have a, a paradigm, a set of rules that I've set up for my, myself or we're, I think it's subconscious and that is the struggle that I'm, I'm getting out of because I can relate to what you're saying when you talk about here's the million dollars. Yes, of course, we raise our hand and it flashed me back. I taught high school for a few years and I would tell the students like, hey, we got to get this done. You know, you got to have a work ethic. You're going to be out there in the world soon. It's like, well, if I was getting paid and I went, OK, bullshit, class stop, you know, because you won't. And. Where I'm wanting, wanting to head, and, and again, why one of the reasons I want to talk to you is there is still that hang-up somewhere in that attic brain that is still doing that, not good enough, not smart enough, no point to get the hell out of bed because you'll get to day 29 of the $1 million offer and you'll fuck it up on day 30. So self-sabotage. Yeah, it's still, it's still there. There's still some self-sabotage. Well, you know where that comes from? It, it's like, I think when you surround yourself or you say, all right, so our subconscious mind has been programmed the first seven of years of our lives. Sure. And if we've had really a really shitty environment and really shitty people around us that always tell us that we suck, like most of my environment, <laughs> um, what I do is I cancel that out. And I, I look at it like this. There's, there's, some people are optimistically delusional. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is, Say I woke up tomorrow and said, I'm going to go play basketball and I believe I could be as good as Michael Jordan. I'm like, okay, you don't play basketball. You know what I'm saying? You know, you're five <laughs> foot nine and a half. You built like a rugby player, and, but I can do it. You're like, well, that's not realistic. That's called optimistically delusional. And what sure. people do 
is they look at other people's lives and they don't actually look at their own life and talent and inclination. And then they say, well, I want to be like that. That's not modeling behavior. That's, mm -hmm. that's, that's completely insane. You have to know everyone has deep down buried, right? The, uh, the, a purpose, a calling and talent. People think they're not talented bullshit. What's happened is they've survived their environment by playing a character. And that character has buried who they really are authentically. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is over time, we all have different addictions. So mine was alcohol and drugs like yours, because the authentic self, the calling is screaming out to be you, right? You're calling out. The universe is calling you. And it's not a fucking conference call. So no one else is going to hear it or see it. <laughs> and you're alone because your environment is not set up for you to thrive. It's a fucking toxic, just a heavy environment. And you're playing this character just to survive. And you're in fight, flight, and freeze. You're not actually spending any time processing and, and learning and growing. So you get a little older. And what happens is most people conform. They become a cog in the machine, right? Sure. They don't become the linchpin. Now, if you can, the environment that you got sick in and damaged cannot be the same environment you heal, process, and find yourself. So okay. for me, I had to remove myself from the environment, which was get out of Perth, right? I escaped that environment. But what happened is I had imposter syndrome because I was always told when I succeeded, you're, you're a show off. You know, you, you, you think you're so cool. So when yeah. I would get a certain amount of success, deep down, I just was like, ooh, I don't deserve this. Man. So what would I do is I'd self-sabotage. Then what happened is I started to look at my behavior and go, mm, my programming's fucked up. Where, where are these voices coming from? And in the seven steps, I talk about the inner critic. In my, next, in, in my fourth book, I go deeper. And I identify like eight different critics that I had from the bully, the distractor, the guilter, the shamer. Like we all have these voices yeah. when, when we're trying to level up. And when we start to identify these voices, we're like, oh, wow. You got to get curious and go, man, you're really trying to do a number of them. <laughs> this is bullshit, right? <laughs> So I'm uh, kind to those voices. And what I've learned to do in, in this, one of my, in my fourth book, I, talk about, it's, I coach my critics. Huh. I become the mentor of the negative voices. And I go, mm -hmm. oh, that's interesting. You've popped your head up. Like I get a, I get a, I get a, a message from my editor. And instantly it's like, you're stupid, you're dumb, you're dyslexic. Look how you fucked up. And it's not what they're saying. They're like, could you be more specific of sure. what you've written, right? So what do I do? I was like, wow, I, I'm, I'm curious. I'm like, that's interesting how that voice will attack me and I don't let it attack me anymore. I'm like, you're there. I'm here. It's not true. I just have to, if I need help, put my hand up, ask for help, right? Uh -huh. and, and, and that's all I do now is I slow the voices down and identify them. Wow, that's interesting. You've popped out of nowhere. You came up. Mm, that's oh. interesting. You're really trying to take me off track. And I'm nice to it. I'll be you can battle with the voices. Yeah. Whether it's your dad, whether it's the bully, whether it's your mom, whether it's an ex-girlfriend that called you stupid or said you come too quick. Whether it's a fucking, seriously, <laughs> or not at all as we get older. Or not at all, right? right? <laughs> or it's whether it's the kids pulled your pants down when you were a kid and shamed you. Whatever it is. If you look at it and slow it down and start to go, mm, because remember, look, here's a great thing I do with everyone. So what's the worst movie you've ever seen or a song you hate? Oh, God. Uh, the worst movie I've ever seen. We watched. God, what the hell was it called? Um, Ant something's meat pies. It was a terrible, like, okay. like, uh, 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 Pat Morita was in it. So I had to watch oh, it. Wow. It was like right. this horrible, so, like D level. Remember movie. It. Yeah. Remember oh yeah. It. Okay. I remember it. Okay. So let's get, let's get deep here. So right now in real time here and now, mm -hmm. all that exists is this conversation. Yesterday's dead. 
We don't know what's going to happen in 10 minutes from now because we're not mind readers. And if we could read minds or we could, we'd just say, give me the winning lottery tickets. We're out of here, right? <laughs> so we know that the only way we can go back to yesterday is in here, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And the memories are stored like a movie. Mm-hmm. So when the inner critic pops up, it's not actually here. Hmm. It's a memory and a voice from the past, right? Right. Because if you're, if I'm sitting here with you and you have a voice in your head that's negative, it's come from the past. Or if you start future tripping, saying, oh, my God, this is going to happen tomorrow. Oh, my God, right? So you're yeah. either too far in the future, worried, or, or, or too far in the past, but we're not present. So if you and I are present, and if I said to you, okay, here's an exercise, every time you start to ruminate of something from the past or start to trip out of the future, I want you to put in that movie. All right. You would say, that's fucking stupid, right? (laughs) Yeah, probably. Ah, (laughs) so why would we take a negative experience from the past Uh, or trip out on something in the future when in reality all we have is the here and now and I can't predict the future. All I can do is prepare best I can in the moment, right, to be successful. Yeah. yeah. That's it. And then, then once I prepare, I have to be flexible because life is going to present me with different cards. And most people fuck up is because everyone goes and thinks it's a casino, right, yeah. where the house always wins, we don't always win, and says, why didn't I get a flush and a full house every hand in life? Right. Life doesn't work like that. <laughs> yeah. It didn't start out that way. To. It's not supposed to. You're yeah. supposed to get up and just deal with what you have to deal with in front of you and make empowering choices. That's probably why, and I'm sure you've throughout your, your life and especially in sobriety, and I still have it at times that, depression swing anxiety swing of course living in my of course you know subconscious and look here's the thing but here's the thing that people say it's impossible dopamine oxytocin serotonin endorphins the four happy chemicals we are not supposed to feel good all the time life doesn't work like that you're supposed to feel a range of emotions but we're not taught to process and regulate our emotional states mm-hmm. right so someone cuts someone cuts you off on the freeway naturally your body goes into fight flight or freeze the sympathetic nervous system your amygdala the primitive part of your brain overrides your body because it needs to get you out of danger right yep now the danger's gone what do most people do They take that moment, chase the guy six exits, right? Go to work. They're pissed off all day because the guy cut him off on the freeway, started an argument with everyone. And that's, that was three days ago. So it's like, you see a person and we work about it in recovery, right? Yep. What, what are you resentful of? And then you start writing down the resentments. The resentments are really fucking like old and dated. And we carry the the past hurts, right? And we keep firing and wiring and what we repeat and what we do becomes stronger, right? So we build that muscle, that resentment muscle, that fear muscle, that anxiety muscle, that jealousy muscle, right? But building these horrible toxic muscles and through thought alone, as you think you will feel, right? So if I have sexual thoughts all day, I'm going to get horny. If I have angry thoughts all day, it's going to sit in my gut, right? Like most of us have stomach issues now in America, right? Because of stress, because of the way we think, right? So I think something and then I feel it, right? Or I feel something, then I acknowledge the the thoughts, right? So I feel angry, I think angry, or I think angry, I feel angry. (laughs) It's a fucking loop, (laughs) right? And I'm stuck in this fucking loop. So uh, what is the easiest thing to do? I feel disturbed, right? So I am going to alter my mood to feel better than the habit is. I'm triggered. I feel disturbed. I'm going to use. That's the new habit. 
So what do I do? I feel triggered. I feel disturbed. I'm going to use. Now, here's the crazy thing, like Pablo's dog theory, right? He'd feed the dog, ring, ring the bell, feed the dog, ring the bell, feed the dog, ring the bell, don't feel, feed the dog. The anticipation, the bell produces saliva. Mm-hmm. I become like Pablo's dog. I'm triggered. I use. Triggered emotion use. Then if I interrupt that pattern, I'm triggered. What the fuck is wrong with me? Why am I triggered? Oh, I'm disturbed. I'm resentful. I'm angry. I'm jealous. I start to like, ah, man, maybe I should like not use and see what happens. And I start to deal with these emotions. Start to grow up, right? I get some emotional intelligence. Yes. Right? Tough thing in today's society. Right. It's everyone's about IQ. I've seen people that are really, really book smart make some really bad emotional decisions. Yes. Right? And then when you start to do this stuff over and over again and you get better at it and you learn it like everything's a learned behavior, you're like, wow, life isn't that bad, that hard. If I slow down, Mm. right, and I just sit and go, hmm, what am I feeling? What am I thinking? What's going through my mind? Why am I doing this? I've got to ask, Mike, you know, the one thing that is really standing out to me is, um, and, I, and it's, I need to improve on my hands up. This is why I'm asking you this, is routine. Like you said, no matter what, your discipline towards your goals. Like, how did you really start to structure that? Because, you, you know, you're such an intelligent guy. But calculated, I, I, I can tell that, that you have some things that you've really thought about the mastery of self. So how important is that like routine? Huge, huge routine to everything. So I, when I got sick in 2017, mm-hmm. uh, my appendix burst and the doctor said I had a 1% chance of not getting colon cancer <laughs> if I didn't, if I didn't remove my colon and so <clears throat> we had the surgery. It was a four-hour surgery. I thought it was my colitis pain. I was sick for like four sure. days. And then I realized it was my appendix at burst. And I sat with myself on the gurney and I was really facing death. Like, like, ooh, this is it. This is fucking mm-hmm. serious. And my wife said to me, what do you think? I said, you yeah, know, I don't know. I said, but it'll change me. And all I said to the doctor is this. I said, look, if it's going to, if it, look, I'm not a hero here. If I'm going to die on the operating table, take my colon out, I'll wake up with a bag. But if you can get me through the surgery, leave my colon in. So he left my colon in. It was rotted out. Eight days in the hospital. Lost like 50 pounds. I was emaciated. And I was like, shit, I've got six weeks to somehow heal myself. So I was always very disciplined, always good with food because I'd heal myself naturally with, from the colitis without drugs. And I, I, I really started to dig into the mind-body connection and how the thoughts affect the gut and the body. And I start, discovered these uh, healing frequencies called the solfeggio frequencies. Hmm. And years ago, there was nine frequencies created and through chanting and um, monks would chant and they would chant at different frequencies to line their chakras because of chakras, the healing, the energy centers. Sure. So I did some study on it and I started to meditate with these frequencies and I started to get up at like three in the morning and I started to study Dr. Joe Dispenza, who I love. Yeah. And he would say, get up really early um, because you don't know how much time you'll need to meditate. And then I was like, okay, th- I, I've got to figure out if I get up and I started to realize how important it was journaling and writing down my thoughts and emotions. And I read this beautiful book years ago, but I never, it never clicked for me like it did later on called the artist way. And, um, Julia Cameron, incredible writer says you may need to write for about 30 minutes in the morning to get all the junk out, clear the highway. Right. So I said, okay, so what I'm going to do is I can heal myself naturally. And I do this thing. I don't believe I know. And what I mean by that is this. So a tiger doesn't go to jungle school. And when a tiger quits work or a killer whale quits work at SeaWorld, someone dies. (laughs) So what I'm trying to say is instinctively and intuitively, we're all connected to a divine source and we have massive amounts of potential, but we've forgotten. 
Yeah. And for a lapse of time, when the the tiger is in the ring, it's forgotten. It's I'm 500 pounds. It's got a whip. I can fuck this guy up. <laughs> and we all had that inside us, right? But society, right, and the rules are the trainer. Yeah. And they 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 force the tiger to suppress itself. And and our connection to potential is pulling us. Be the fucking tiger. Yeah. Don't say I am. A t- you are. You already are. Just be yourself, right? Yeah. So what I do is when I wake up, it's journal for thirty minutes, and then what I do is I stretch my body. Stretching is the most important thing. The the, the we ha- hold men our lower backs and our groins. We have to pull all that shit out. So I do deep stretching, um, and then I do three sets of breath work. The first thing I do is an alternative nasal breath work where I put my thumb on one side, upside that side, downside that side, three rounds each side. Then I do uh, what they call breath of fire, where you breathe in through the nose and you pump the diaphragm, but just through the nose. So it's like, Hmm. I do three rounds of that. And then I sit because I like to sit on the ground because then I keep my spine straight. If I, if I sit on a couch, I'll probably nod off. And I do 20 minutes of deep mindfulness uh, meditation. And all I do is when the thoughts come in, I come back to breath. i just curious. Oh, that's interesting. So the trick mm-hmm. is in life, I look at the thoughts as cars on the freeway. And I'm watching the, the cars go by. I just watch them. So, oh, that's a thought. That's a thought. Come back to breath. That's a thought. So in life, the trick is if you train yourself like that, in life, when a thought or you have a thought, you don't have to let the thought run you. You're like, I'll come back to my breath. But yeah. you practice it. Do you know what I mean? It keeps yeah. you centered. So yeah. if you sit down and eat, you chew your food. You're not racing in thought. I gotta, no, I'm going to eat and enjoy the moment. Sit, yeah. be present. And I do that. Then I go and lift weights. So I do about an hour of I call metabolic training, which is lots of supersetting. Sure. And I try to keep my heart rate, and there's a, there's, a, there's a science behind it, between 115 and 145. Because that is when you're over 145, what happens, and it's been proven like when cops make a bad choice and they shoot someone, their heart rates are in like 170. So what you want to do is keep your heart rate in 145, 115 and 145, peak it a little bit, and then bring it back so you get used to that stress. Sure. And you can stay centered and not, and I stay like really pushing it really hard, but stay centered and I don't panic. So then in life, when it elevates my heart rate, I'm used to it. I know how to bring it back. So I train it to bring it back. Then I, when I, when I do my cardio, which would be like, maybe it's a hike. If I'm running, I put in an audio book. I like to physically read and I read at least 30 minutes every day. Minimum. I do I read a book a week. Um, and that's my morning routine. Hmm. I do it all fasted. Then I eat. I don't break. I do it no matter where I travel in the world. It's the same routine. If I have to travel to the East coast, I get up like between three and four. My body tells me when to get up. I don't use an alarm. It just gets up between three and four. It just gets up naturally. And in the afternoon, usually around three or four, because I've been up for 12 hours, I do exactly, I don't work out again. Sometimes I do, but I, I meditate, I stretch, and I journal. I do exactly the same routine 12 hours later. Huh. I eat every three hours, two and a half to three hours. I eat very limp. I don't eat junk food. It's all, uh, I, I'm not a vegan or anything. I eat fish, chicken, meat, a um, little bit of carbs, good protein, always vegetables, um, every three hours. So I eat five to six meals, every like on the dot. I don't break everything. I take a shit ton of vitamins, <laughs> vitamin D, you know, for my stomach, turmeric. Like I'm very structured, glutamine. Like I don't break everything. Yeah. And I keep super disciplined. And it gives me so much freedom because I'm always healthy. My mind's always clear. You know, I write down the goals. I, I, I use a principle called the eight P's that I created. Some people use the SMART goals, which are, has to be you know, spe- specific, measurable, what is it, um, attainable, realistically and timed, SMART. Mm-hmm. What I do is called the eight P's, which is the first P is have a positive intention. 
Mm-hmm. So if you set a goal, make sure the intention is positive because if it's a shitty intention, karmically, it'll bite you in the ass, yeah. right? The second P is purpose. You have to have a why. I, I don't believe in passion. I believe in purpose. I believe find your purpose and be passionate about your purpose. Passion is a feeling, right? And when like, you see it with ball players, they're like, yeah. oh, I, after the game, I have no purpose. Yeah, yeah. there's nothing wrong with sports. But if you're just doing it for money and how you feel, you're going to feel empty afterwards. You have to bring value. So if you've got a gift, figure out how your gift and inclination can bring value to other people with your purpose. Absolutely. Then have a plan, right? And then be specific with the plan and chunk the plan down, okay? Priorities. You have to have this 24 hours in a day and it's the 80-20 rule. Spend 20% on the right things, you get an 80% return. You don't spend major time on minor things, okay? 24 hours, everyone has the same 24 hours. And I say to people like this, I like, look at it like this, right? So say people, I don't know where this rule was. You should sleep eight hours a day. I said, I sleep six. So <laughs> if, the average person, if the average person sleeps eight, six hours, eight hours a day and I sleep six, I get two hours. Right. That's 14 hours a week, right? Yeah. Extra, but- right? If you add that 14 hours up, what's that, 14, 20, 30, over, I think over a year, it's like 720 hours extra I get, which works out to be a month, a year. Huh. Now, if I work by the hour, that's a lot more money. I can make a couple <laughs> hundred grand more than most people while they're sleeping. Yeah. Get the fuck and if out you look it. at 720 hours, you could study a course in 120 hours. I could do three or four courses in that two hours while you're sleeping. Because you're looking at the rule is eight hours. Bullshit. I sleep great because I have a, and, and then I have an evening routine. No phone, no distractions after 7.30 at night, no bad TV. I don't watch, I don't watch reality TV. I don't eat oh, junk yeah. food. If I'm going to watch junk, I'll eat some junk. And that's my binge for an hour. Like my wife watches it. I'm like, oh, I'll put on something for an hour. And I'm like, and, but I do it for a mindful thing. Like, that's interesting. That person did that. That's interesting. And sure. I separate myself. Yeah, I can't do the fucking reality TV because it's hardly that. But <laughs> it's awful. And, and and I stay on track. Like I've got eight books I'm going to write. I've written my fourth that's getting edited now. Um, it'll be it'll be done done when my second book comes out. I'm two cycles ahead. Then I'll sell book three and four. Then I'll start the fifth book when I'm on tour with the second. And then I'll be I'll always be two cycles ahead. I'll probably be hitting you up because I have a diverticulosis, so I might be hitting oh, you up. Oh, I can separate. help you with that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's easy. With my colitis, I've got the, I've got the formula to help you heal. I'm, <laughs> All right. I'm the master of that. Oh, yeah, no problem. <laughs> I'll message you later on because uh, no people problem. don't need to worry about my, my gut no health. No problem. But, it's um, easy. You know, and some of the really interesting things, and it's a concept I've been really trying to grab onto a little bit more of a stronghold is the uh, paying for it on the front end, you know, uh, because when we are alcoholics and addicts, we pay for it on the back end. We get the pleasure thing, which completely lacks purpose, you know, to go back yeah. to what you're saying. Purpose, purpose is the thing that will get you fucking going no matter what. But it's interesting how you talked about the, you know, paying for it on the front end. And I think a lot of people, and it's something that I still struggle with in certain areas, not all, but, paying for it on the front end, having a planned life like you have and accepting, well, I have this plan. Shit might go awry. That's okay too, because I got the plan to get back to no matter what. Well, the thing is, look, you've always, look, if, if, if what you, if you have a desired result and you're not getting the return you desire, change your approach. Right. I'm completely flexible. I expect things to go wrong. I expect everything to go wrong. So I improvise. So it's like what I learned in acting school, right? You learn the lines of the play and you study your character inside and out, but it's, every take is different. Because yeah. I don't know if I wake up, what could happen? And that's where people mess up. And that's why they, like I always say, you never drive on the same freeway twice. And that's what problem with people. They get on the freeway and there's traffic, but it's not the same traffic. Yeah. It's different cars, different people, different moments. Put something in positive. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like when I get on a plane, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm open to every every minute that, that we're alive is a beautiful moment to be experienced if you're awake and you're alive and you're grateful. 
Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's like I always have a good day because I don't know what's going to happen. Now, I have plans, but see, I, the reason I can't fail is this. I don't believe in fail. I believe in feedback. Mm. So if I have a goal or if I have a desired result and I don't get the desired result, then I just got feedback. So what's the goal? Now, if I have a purpose, right, and I know why I'm, I'm chasing after something, then I can't, I, I'm never going to be dissatisfied because I know where I'm going. I know what I want. More importantly, I know why I want it. Yeah. Do you know? And there's another thing that people screw up on. So it's like I said to someone the other day, I was trying to coach them, and, and, and they're way in debt. And I was like, all right, let's just break down your life. And they're, they're spending like $2,500 on a car. And I was like, well, you need transport. You don't need that car. Right. They're like, yeah, I do. I'm like, no, you don't. You want that car. Does that make a sense? Like yeah. I can eat. What's the reasoning, have to What's right. the reasoning behind the $2,500 car? Status. Yeah. Status. People right. want to impress people thinking it matters. And no yeah. one cares if you're homeless. <laughs> no one gives to you. Matter of fact, they'll walk right by you and go, right. get a job, you bum. Right. So I always tell people, figure out your needs and your wants. Figure out why you want something. So I can afford to give away a meal. I can afford to eat certain ways because I live like a minimalist. I don't need shit. I give it all to my wife and my son. I don't care. Like I can do pro bono work because I get paid to do other work. Right. And I, and I, and I, I strategize my life because you know why? I'll tell you why. For years, I didn't do that. I made a shit ton of money. I was making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year and it was going in my nose. Yeah. It was going on parties. I was doing dumb shit. Because I didn't have purpose. I was just trying to feed myself to try to avoid certain feelings that I wasn't dealing with. Yep. You know? So the money was never a problem. I, I, didn't, I didn't stop using because I was broke. I stopped using because I was spiritually bankrupt. Yep. And I was fucking miserable. Same. And it was like, how much more Coke can I do? And how much more liquor can I drink? And how much more sex can I have with random people that I don't even like? <laughs> and then look at myself in the mirror and go, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. Life is good. Wow. This is enjoyable. Yeah. Right. And now I can wake up and if, whether I'm in pain and my stomach's sore or I'm dealing with shingles or I get a fucking, you know, a bill from the IRS, I'm like, oh, fucking pay it. Like whatever. <laughs> I fought the IRS for three years on a mistake they made and won. And I spent, I calculated 42 hours on hold. Oh, yeah. Fucking. Yeah, and I didn't, I didn't snap once. I didn't snap once. I just wow. stayed. And I, yeah, because I was just like, I'm going to figure this out. And they ended up, I kept filing, kept filing, kept getting on hold. And they ended up saying that we made a mistake. We'll send you, we made a mistake. But you know, it's like nowadays, it's like, that's a privilege. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's I like do. you've got to look. We're not in Ukraine. We're not in the Middle East. Yeah. We have an easy, we have it really easy in the West. We have a great. And if we, and if, and we, if we in our head, like people complain about America, then leave and go somewhere else. Yeah. Like, just if you don't like where you're living, you, you, no one's holding you down hostage. Go leave, go live in another yeah. country. Be nice. I, I agree with you. And I think my thought on this and things that I've voiced to people that are willing to have a conversation is, you're looking too much out of the side outside of the things that actually really matter. And it's driving you to say that. Well, here's another thing. Like someone had a debate. Like, I really don't care. Someone got upset with me because I said, um, I have friends that are transgender and all times. I don't care. And they're yeah. like, Oh yeah. But I'm like, look, stop, stop, stop. If someone wants to identify as something, that's their business. It's not my mm -hmm. business. They're mm -hmm. not bothering me. I, I don't judge anyone. Who the fuck am I to judge someone if why they feel? Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? And it's I like, agree. It just instead of this divided thing, like, why not just, if someone identifies with that, that's their business. Yeah. It's not my business. They're not hurting anyone. Well, what this small little experience as a human being, being a spiritual being, if that's what that person wants to do, just let, be kind, be loving. Okay. That's where they're at. That's none of my business. Give yeah, them a hug. There's so much that's going on in the world that, that, that it's, it's like even within ourselves that uh, 
yeah, I've got so much work to just continually do on myself. Be there for yeah, I'm my not going to sit there and worry like, uh, about the other person beat someone else up. I'm like, dude, what do you need from me? Yeah. How can I be of service? Exactly. How can I be loving? Do you know what I'm saying? And then just move on. Be a kind person or just, you know, get it done. I think people sit in the self-righteousness, as we've talked about, uh, way too much. Wait, because you're you're never it's never that tank is never going to be full. There is no fucking way. Yeah, it's not boring. Real quick, please tell people how to find you. And then we're going to do some quick random questions and I'll leave you with the final thought. They can find me uh, on Instagram, the Mike underscore diamond, uh, uh, Facebook, the official Mike diamond, um, Twitter, the Mike underscore diamond. And if someone's really struggling, I do check my DMs and they can, they can message me. I'm not a guy that says, Oh, and if I can't help them personally, I can always suggest stuff or point them in the right direction. Excellent. Thanks, Mike. And I'll, uh, Hey, you open up. I might just be sending you some DMS. Wake up at 3 a.m. Oh, that fucking Jason again. All right. Uh, some quick random questions. Um, if they were to make a movie about your life, who would you want to play you? Can't be you though. Oh, what a good fucking question. Um, all right. Here's a question. Is it my starting off in Australia as a young kid, then getting older, or as it, is it my older life? Oh, we could. Uh, well, I mean, it's important. That's part of your journey. We'll have to do a part two because I didn't even get into your childhood, which is fascinating. So uh, let's just go older life. Wow. Who, who could play me? You know who would do a really good job of me if he could... Uh, I'm sure he'd grow the goatee. Um, he's a really, I really love him. Is it Shyla someone? Shyla LaBeouf? I think he would, he's, 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 he's a pretty twisted dude. And I yeah. think he could <laughs> nail my accent. And I think he could do a really good job of how emotionally messed up I am. <laughs> I, think he, I think he's, he would do a really, I would, I, I would watch him play me. Oh yeah. I Shia would. LaBeouf. Oh, I dig that dude. I like him. I like him. That's like interesting. You say the emotion. I, do you still qualify yourself as emotionally messed up? I think you're oh, yeah, pretty switched on to. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I just I just do the work. I just do the work. I'm a fucking right. nut job. But aren't we all? I mean, uh, but I, but but here's the thing. I admit it's like the tiger jungle school. Sure. I admit like I, I, if I if, look, dude, here, look, I can be as I can be as calm as they are. But if you come into my house at four in the morning with a gun and you threaten my wife or my, or, or my son, I'm going to do an, I'll do an eight step on you yeah. afterwards, but I'm going to, it's going to be bad. <laughs> I'll take a bullet, but you better, you better kill me. Cause you're pretty much. So what I'm trying to say is I know who I am in that sense of like, sure. I'll walk away, but there's a point that if I have to like snap to protect my wife and son, and I, and you're giving me no option. I, I admit, I know what's inside me. Yeah. I, I, you yeah. know what I mean? And I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm uh, a dark motherfucker. <laughs> hey, stand up. Uh, if you could have dinner with any one person living or not, who would it be? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, this is going to sound fucked up, but there's no one living. I really would have, would I have, cause I just, um, there's probably two people I would want to have dinner, uh, with Victor Frankl that wrote man's search yeah. for meaning and Socrates. Hell yeah. I think, I think Socrates was one of the greatest. I mean, he, he, um, he inspired obviously cognitive behavioral therapy, Socratic questioning. Um, they don't really give him enough credit for stoicism, but you know, if you look at like, I mean, I know Epictetus, um, Seneca and all those guys and Marcus Aurelius mm -hmm. came from that uh, stoicism. But if you look at Socrates, to me, he was, I mean, my ultimate table for me would be Buddha. Um, I'd want to, I'd want to have JC there, Jesus Christ, just Heck to yeah. see what he was about. Like, right. he's like, yeah, of course. He'd probably uh, go, a lot of people have really fucked shit up in my name. Yeah. I'm a little upset think, about but that. I just would love that. Like, JC, um, you've got Buddha, you have Socrates for me, you'd have Viktor Frankl. 
Um, and then you'd have to throw in one of the great Stoics like Epictetus or, um, you know, Seneca. I just, th- those guys who just, I, I love what the, we're doing, what they were talking about, you know, 3000 years ago. They're incredible. Absolutely. So yeah, that would be my dinner party. All right. Last random question before I leave you with the final thoughts. Uh, oh, this is a fun one. I always like uh, you're stranded on a deserted island, but somehow you can have one movie and one music album with you. Who is it? And what is it? Fuck, that's a good question. What movie? Oh, you know, because um, I, I love all kinds of music like all kinds of music, like that, that, you know what album that even to this day I can play start to finish. Um, there's two albums that I can play start to finish to this day and they're both completely opposite. If I had to choose, you know, uh, there's two albums that I like, well, I'll tell you the two, but I'll tell you the one. Okay. I love Appetite for Destruction from Guns N' Roses. Oh, hell yeah. It's, and then to be friends with Duff after that and those guys and, you know, be partners in a bar was crazy. But the other one um, is Joshua Tree from U2. Oh, it's a great album. That album to me is like start to finish to this day. It meant so much when I was going through it. So I would probably say Joshua Tree if I was on a desert island because that, there was something about that album and it's Joshua Tree and I visited Joshua Tree and just the spiritual, I would probably say Joshua Tree. Um, and movie, damn, I've just seen so many movies. Hey, I can't answer this one. It's hard for me. It depends upon the day. Interesting. I want to try to think if there's a movie that I don't think there's a movie. I've just seen so many movies that I could say that would be the one, the album. Yes. I'm trying to think. I mean, when I when I was younger at acting school, it would have been something fucked up like Raging Bull. But um, I w- I wouldn't want to be on a desert island watching Raging Bull over and over, or Goodfellas or any of those. Right, like, right. Somebody um, show up. Oh, I'm going to hit you upside the head with a fucking ratchet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like Joe Pesci. Um, uh, God, I'm trying to think if there's an inspirational movie. Um, yeah, as a film buff and a guy that studied it and did acting myself, never made that trek to L.A. It's like, OK, like, uh, I don't know. Am I in a sci fi movie? Then I want to be uh, Mark I Hamill know. in Star Wars. I want to be in Jaws. I want to be in Goodfellas, you know? Yeah, I can't think of it. That's a good that you stumped me on that one. I'm All right. My first stump. Oh, well. Way to go. All right, yeah. Mike. Um, hey, man, thank you very much for this. I know you got a crazy schedule and, well, and let, me. let me hound you for about three or four months now. So this has been a real honor and a pleasure. And, and folks, I really recommend follow Mike on social media when he does drop stuff. It is awesome. Are we still doing the podcast? Oh, your, my pod- podcast? your podcast? Yes, you a dose of positivity. A dose of positivity. Okay. So they can get it on Apple, Spotify, and you'll have to come on mine. Um, and it's going to be on iHeartRadio. And then I'm actually negotiating a deal right now with Apple TV um, oh for an actual show. And I'm actually going to be shooting a documentary um, with a couple of big producers. It's a little bit in, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of juice on it. So Please. It, it's kind of a risk. So what I'm doing is I'm going to take a human being who's, who's maybe got mental, uh, I want to say mental illness, but not disability because you can't, mm. if someone's disabled, you can't mess with that. Maybe it's bipolar. They're definitely an addict. They're definitely rock bottom. They could be homeless. And I believe, and maybe I'm wrong, with my resources, I'm going to bring in Dr. Raymond to study their brain. I want to take a human being, and I don't know how long it could, could be a year documentary, six months, whatever, and give them all my resources, give them love, give them affection, give them hope, and give them nutrition, teach them to meditate, and give them everything that they haven't had and see if I can make them do a 180. And it's going to be called Project 180. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they gave me after, But I'm serious. Maybe I'll, I fail. But I think, because I did it all myself with no help, that if I can get someone with my resources, I'm a very resourceful guy and I make shit happen, and with me coaching them with a great team of people, I think I could turn them around. And I think the reason I want to do it is that it will, it will expose the corrupt system 
of how people aren't given opportunities, how people fall through the cracks. I fell through the cracks of my education system because no one picked up I was dyslexic. No one knew I was an addict. So I think that's the project. It's going to probably take a year to shoot one person, but we're going to really go all in and see what we can do. I love it. I will champion it. If you have a, a the GoFundMe or the whatever it is, Thank I will so contribute much. what I can. And, and I think Dr. Amon is absolutely phenomenal. He's the, guy. He's the best. He's as, the best. As are you are. So the floor is yours. Wow. If you have anything to lend to people, Mike, uh, please. All I would say to people is you're enough. Um, anything you've been told you're not is bullshit. Um, whenever you're stuck, take the moments, gather more information, read a book, find someone positive that's kind, and just get outside yourself. It's just a fucking moment. We all go through them. Anyone that says they don't go through it is bullshit. 5150 is a lifestyle. We believe in pushing yourself, finding your passion, knowing your dreams and working hard, and always striving to make those dreams your reality. We believe life is too short to sit back and say, what if? Go after it, grab it, and make it happen. Being 5150 is committing to that long, hard road. That road you know is going to be tough, but the most rewarding. That's living the madness. That's 5150. If you're living the 5150 lifestyle, then celebrate by rocking the goods. So listen up. There's a special deal for listeners of Knocking Doors Down. Go to 5150LTM.com and enter code KDD20 and receive 20% off your purchase. That's 51FIFTYLTM.com. This podcast contains the views and opinions of the Knocking Doors Down hosts and their guests to the show. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for informational purposes only. And because each person is sharing their unique perspective, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast and website are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or correction of errors. Privacy is of the utmost importance to us. For those wishing anonymity, people, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect confidentiality at the request of certain guests. This website or podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis for expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast or website. In no way does listening, reading, emailing, or interacting on social media with their content establish a doctor-patient relationship. If you find any errors in any of the content of this podcast or blogs, please send a message through the contact page. This podcast is owned by KDD Media Company.